0: Welcome to the rumpus room hey everybody
1: how's it going out there It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the rumpus room and let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day
0: talking about everybody's favorite topic which is networking how do you go to i was I've been to like four conferences in the last three weeks <clears throat> and how do you start conversations what do you say and I found the first principle of networking is just please be relaxed don't be forced just be I even sometimes throw in there a what's up man type thing just to scale it back a little bit and not be so formal because everybody knows both you probably don't want to be there you know this is just like hey what's up man what's going on but I think the question that you should probably ask. There's two of them. Number one, I think, is just, what are you working on right now? Just a simple, easy question. And the next one is, are you excited about anything? And you really should just kind of dig into that person there. Those are the two things that I've found to be very helpful, but I think the way you approach the conversation is probably more important than what comes out of your mouth and so just being relaxed and that always I found was the key to a much more fruitful conversation rather than you know the standard deal Um, so that's kind of my little networking thing works a lot better
1: well you're making me think of this conference that I was just this virtual attendee conference Um, I was at The Masters of Scale um, inaugural conference, which just got wrapped up, and um, it was a Reed Hoffman, like LinkedIn founder type um, show. So if you ever listen to the Masters of Scale podcast, I don't know if you have ever listened to that one. It's it's decent. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. uh, Continuation of that style. And there were some heavy hitters. Um, Bill Gates closed it out uh satya and then pretty yeah. heavy hitter <laughs> one <laughs> of the heaviest um arguably um princess rima of the saudi royal family um
0: oh baby they're bringing in the yeah. big guns uh,
1: they had a lot of really fascinating people and then a fair amount of folks who were on the come up too um and uh, Satya Nadella was another one. I, I'm, I'm pro- I may not be saying his name right. He's the founder of Microsoft, or the current CEO of Microsoft. Um, mm-hmm. Although... Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes was not in attendance. Um, but uh, a couple of takeaways for that one is there was no networking opportunities because I was online from Minneapolis, so that really deter took away from the experience because all of the content was fairly middle of the road you know a lot of yeah. stuff like you need to pivot if your business isn't working oh really <laughs> holy shit. that i mean that's groundbreaking stuff
0: like if you're not making money do yeah something exactly
1: else. and do it quickly yeah. instead of waiting it's like oh Here's the story of three people who pivoted their businesses. And it's like, okay. It's neat to hear
0: you know Amazon used to sell books <laughs> <laughs> and now they sell everything.
1: Okay, uh, the million yeah, dollars. there was a fair amount of that, which was kind of like eh. and it became extremely apparent how valuable that in person networking really is at a conference because I was looking at the people in the audience. Ron Howard was there. I mean, um, really Yeah. Damn. So, um, and Ron was there for both days. He like referenced, Oh, yesterday that speaker who said this or that, I was like, Holy crap. If I were there, I may have been able to meet Ron Howard. You know, there's so a lot of diversity in the people that, um, they, mm-hmm. uh, were getting to talk, but I, I, I noticed the importance of that networking. Uh, component when you're when you're at these things the online experience was was sort of take it or leave it but there were a few good nuggets and I'll share a couple of them the first of which that Satya was really big into he was like these AI peer coder bots are gonna be pretty significant and so he was like mm. jazzed up about the potential of a um ai that you can give it parameters and it will code for you or you can have like a co-pilot ai that is working alongside you and he was talking about how they have this deployed at microsoft in various different fashions and he was like really suggesting that it's going to be groundbreaking so that was the first thing that was pretty interesting the second thing um that i think was the most Relevant for me was this, I mean, Reed kept on asking everybody about the same Silicon Valley buzzword things. So, um, you know, um, machine learning, AI, genetic modification, bio, um, I can't remember the term that they used, but it's essentially like sort of CRISPR bio type genetic genetic engineering and um, web three, but like the three things he just constantly kept coming back to is like, oh, you know, what's, what are you most excited about in Silicon Valley? And it's always like web three, crypto, blockchain, AI, quantum computing, or um, uh, like uh, advances in biotech with you know all of those things, basically. And the founder of Stripe, uh, I, don't, I don't recall his name, but he said, I guess yeah, it brother. is. Um, out of Ireland. And he said, nobody re- I'm going to say the same thing that I said to everybody who asked me that question. And I'm most excited about vertical SaaS. And um, it's an extremely not sexy thing, but it's a really, he gave a really compelling answer for why he's interested in it because horizontal SAS has been the name of the game, which is like you develop more products to, you know, kind of expand your reach horizontally. Vertical SAS would be software as a service along your specific value chain up or down towards the customer. So instead of, for example, in the healthcare world, healthcare has actually done a reasonably good job of this as well as they can at least perhaps legally there's some some issues. Um, And they are that like, basically you would integrate software as a service vertically along the value chain. So, you know, perhaps direct to consumer, digital marketing, um, my chart type stuff connected to maybe third-party data um, connected to uh, you know social determinants of health to the point of care system to the billing system and what happens in healthcare is then when it leaves the health system it's kind of like onto the insurance company but um, vertical integration would be you try to have software as a service that is integrated as much as possible along your value chain which i think is extremely pertinent for some of the business problems I'm trying to tackle and a very fascinating answer to it's not sexy. It's not a sexy answer to what are you most excited about in Silicon Valley? So, um, I really appreciated that. And, um, then at the end, Bill Gates was sung a song, a U two cover of, you know, whatever that one is like, you give yourself away. And then the chorus was, you give your cash away. And so, yeah, there were there were three oh. church choir singers up there with a guitarist singing bill you give your cash away you get and you give and you give your cash in just
0: music to every billionaire's ears <laughs> <laughs> that's what they want to be honored for i took it from everybody now i want to give it Pretty,
1: back yeah
0: or created it.
1: But yeah, and he was visibly uncomfortable on stage, but um, I applaud them for trying to be different. It was, shall we say, creatively informed, and uh, execution went over a bit like a wet blanket, but um, whatever. You got to try yeah. to keep to do things uh, new. So um, it was a bit out of touch, which there were several instances of that. Uh, I have a coworker who is from the Bay area and her, her daughter is part of this Silicon Valley bubble. And what I mean by that are people who are multimillionaires, people who have sold businesses, done whatever it is at a very early age and they don't live in a mindset that is consistent with what a normal person would, would go through. For example, this woman flew to a tiny British Columbia city in Canada and gave birth to their their son or daughter. I don't recall the gender. Because Canada is one of the last countries that if you're there during the childbirth, they'll give you citizenship. So the kid's going to be born with dual citizenship, and they don't pay anything. And mm-hmm. she... You know, has a house in the Bay Area, has a house in Cabo. Um, just doesn't, ne- they don't play by the same rules at all. Like, you know, flying to Canada to give birth in this sort of whatever hospital. Um, you just don't see that a lot from normal people. And it's things like that. And it was just obvious that there were a lot of those types of things that were informing this conference about how ish the bay area is with their ideology and their exposure to like what real human life is which is hilarious because just across the street of them are is the worst homeless population issue mankind is probably you know i mean of the modern age and there just must be a whole heck of a lot of like oh it sucks to be them sort of writing off that or being able to block it out or dehumanize it or not connect to it because that there was a, there was just a palpable disconnect in like the way that people see and think about the world and what I think that the regular human being goes through. And so it was really fascinating to kind of see, I mean people were just quite aspirational and lofty in their assertions. And um, not a single thing that anybody talked about was like a blocking and tackling issue around, you know, a major problem we have in the United States. It was all like this super pie in the sky. We're going to create an AI to do this or that. We're going to, you know, do this radically new thing. And it's like none of it was, you know, agriculture, food insecurity, homelessness there was some healthcare related stuff, but only for like cutting edge innovation type thing. It wasn't like, how are we going to stop the healthcare system from being one of the worst in the world? Not, you know, none of that like real conversation.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's all just, when well, I think part of it is everybody's watching all of Steve jobs, Ted talk like, presentations and they're just taking the same like, we are going to change the world you know that's like how you know this is imagine a world where you never have to deal with whatever and they just kind of go on this thing around creating this like new reality of a world that becomes out of touch because it's like well we're going to raise just hundreds of millions of dollars and then try to find and solve this problem. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. We shot at it, you know, and then there's going to kind of move on. So I think it rewards these types of this mentality of like, we're going to change the world. We're going to make this into a billion. We're going to be the first trillion dollar company. There's just like all of this mindset around like, we're going to change everything. And you hear it a lot of times, And then, you know, so the joke is with a lot of people that I know is there's a lot of these companies that are going to change the future of healthcare and they are designing something that's based off an assumption that, you know, we know is pretty flawed. And I know there's a couple companies that I'm seeing in the space. They're running around talking about saving millions and millions of dollars yet. I, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't think they are, um, and so that's just something we we see is just like the narratives of these companies is just kind of it just seems a little off and it's kind of like you know what drugs are you taking like just like they're just on a different plane almost that's just kind of what it feels like yeah
1: i think part of the issue also is that we're not there's no opportunity in fixing massive issues with like humanity like real tangible things like I was talking about, like homelessness or um well, there's, there's the no money. In it. It. So
0: um there's there's really no money in fixing those problems. I've always thought
1: that it would be quite easy for the government to say, look, we spend forty percent of our healthcare on waste. Um hey healthcare industry, hey world, if you can go out and cut it in half, you can keep it well, it's a $3 trillion industry. I mean, like the amount of money, it just blows my mind. But that sort of, I don't know, I don't see it. If if that type of incenting and innovation is real, I'm becoming increasingly um, like pessimistic about the, services that are provided in the United States? Because I feel like these problems, I mean, they're not being solved for a reason, you know? And I,
0: Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's so much money in not solving the problem and propagating it. And I mean, of course, you know, this is the Rumpus Room slash healthcare podcast. So that's kind of what we're going to go on. But there's so much in the industry of you know, staffing physicians, implants, drugs, you know, treat like treating this population. We have kind of become addicted to this healthcare system as it is. And to change it, you know, I was on the inside with a lot of hospitals and sometimes even insurance companies. And you see, like, they're not motivated to make this thing. No, like, truly. And they're not incented to, you know, like, that's just how the – and the only way to fix it is to change, like, how we pay people, and that's really complicated and hard, and nobody wants to talk about it. And, you know, there's a lot of lobbying. There's a lot of money going around that is really hard to control, and I think that's, like, that's the case for a lot of different industries where it's just, like, there's just not a lot of incentive or drive to fix these things, which you know could make life a little, a little better for everyone. Well, yeah. I I mean, if
1: you take healthcare for an example, I mean, the whole system is predicated on you not being able to do the thing yourself. You can't heal yourself. You need somebody else to do it. You you know, you you are fundamentally screwed up. It's a constant removal of responsibility of the human being to do anything about their situation. I swear, and it's not just healthcare; it's everything
0: we'll fix it for we'll you we'll fix
1: it for you it's a different solution trust me pay me money and we'll fix it for you and that is extraordinarily aggravating on one level and on another level i'm just like you know what that's the world i'm not like it's i'm not game. pissed off at it it's just unfortunate like that that is how that's how that's where we're at but um that's where we're at and so you know you can either play the game or be pissed off about it and there's a lot of people that are pissed
0: off about it and i'm i'm just i'm not going to waste any time or energy doing that no it really you know and it really doesn't it's okay to i think talk about like the incentives and what's frustrating but it also is like okay so how do we how do we start changing it or what do you like what do you what can you do in the meantime to make a little bit of a dent and and you know, I think that kind of goes back to like Marcus Aurelius is like, just focus on the problem you can solve and get to work on it, you know, go at this problem daily and just start grinding away and see what you can do. Cause you know, we can, we can kind of bitch and complain, <clears throat> but we all, we all know that's not going to get anyone anywhere and it's good. It's okay to like see things as they mm-hmm. are, you know, it's like, okay, this is how the situation is how do I navigate now that I know the way it is, what are the forces? How do we navigate? And I think, you know, a lot of smart people that I've, I've worked with are good at, you know, they kind of let it out a little bit and then they like, okay, so what are we yeah. going to do? What, what's the next, what's the next move? And how do we go? And, you know, it does create opportunity. There's always opportunity in these kind of messed up systems. Um, And, you know, you talked about how much, of care is over, overdone. Well, somebody's paying for it. So somebody's mad. (laughs) So (laughs) there's going to be enough. Yeah. At some point I, I hope the system will work itself out, you know, and like the, the, the corrupt people, it's like, there's only so long you can run. You can only be a, a crook for so long, but if you're good, you can kind of make it all the way. So just keep banging away. And I think that's what we, We've talked a lot about it. it's just like okay, how do we sit down and solve these problems?
1: Absolutely. A um, couple other notes on here. So there's been a drop in MBA applications.
0: Yeah. So college applications and MBA. So specifically, I think Harvard released something that like they had like a twenty percent drop in MBA wow. apps, which is kind of saying a lot of things. I think. I was just thinking, you know, COVID has been such a bad thing for the educational. Um, forces of the world because a it's extremely expensive i i think the medical let's talk about this with my wife is like the biden kind of paying the debt off could also be taken a few different ways if you're young and you're seeing like oh my god they got it they have to like they're relieving debt from all these people, that means it might be a problem. You know, like that that could, you could see that as another side of the coin. If you're a young person starting to take out a big loan to go to college, um, to your MBA. I hope so. I hope it it wakes people up. Well, and have you heard about the Peter Thiel, um, entrepreneurship, like fellowship, basically they are just, I don't know. Did we talk about that in one of the last few episodes, but it's kept kicking, butt. these people, one of the guys was the founder of Figma and he's like 23. No, they just sold out for $20 billion. But I, I heard
1: about, I heard about the, that very program from the guy on Figma at this conference. So that's what I looked it up right after he
0: said it. And then <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Peter Thiel is basically doing like a internship instead of college. He's replacing college. Cause he said it's a waste of time, waste of money. So, I'm creating this like supercharged learning center. And there's like, I think, five founders, and they've, it was like a hundred billion dollars in value that these people have created. Granted, not so bad to have Peter Thiel clearing the way for you. So, there's a lot of opportunity there. But I think there are a lot of people that are thinking about what's a different way to do education. And I'm, I'm excited about that in the future. I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. And as a new father, we—it's um, on my mind. I'll just say that
0: big time. How do you save for the little one? What's the future look like? How do you? Uh, um, how do you basically implant his brain with, it, with information? Ah,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm fascinated by this idea of saying, look. We can give you X amount of dollars for your college, or you can drain it and you can start a business and see if you can make it in the world. Um, Who knows if I'll end up doing that, but it seems like something that uh, if the character traits were correct and their people were thinking about that in a way that was productive, um, it would be an interesting Tiny teal experiment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Run a little accelerator yourself. Um, I mean, if he's
1: not going to be a professional, right, like doctor, lawyer, accountant, or he doesn't have any interest in those things. And I don't really know that I had that know it all at that point but i think we have to be having the conversations pretty darn early in a constructive way so that you know there's realistic expectations about what a college degree will and won't provide in the new world because um you could go get a computer science degree and it would be great bunch of four you know great four years you probably also could take like a six month boot camp and you know be more aptly positioned for a cs job than like a four-year degree person just because of they're teaching you all of the exact stuff they don't do like you know the foundational kind of background information so it's it's on my mind i don't know what the solution is
0: but but Adam, it's about the networking. Yeah, <laughs> it's who you know. No, I think that's it's it's definitely something to think about and consider. And I've been we've been talking about that a lot as a couple as well. Is like what is the what is the educational path look like? Because even think about like middle school, high school. There's a lot of difference. There's, um, you know, private school. There's a lot of different options to send your kid away and you know some of them are better for kids of certain personalities and <clears throat> it's just a lot and I think when you look at what does college give you in terms of value and walk away skills kind of hard to see I mean I I know other skills I picked up which I've definitely left behind which I think we're, we're moving on so yeah something to think about absolutely, absolutely. Um- yeah.
1: Any last one you want to hit on the the riff section here um, with this future chasing?
0: Yeah. So it's actually goes back to like well, a lot of the schooling that we do is creating people that live for like the next moment, like the future, the next moment. So like when you're a first grader, it's like, well, we're preparing you for second grade and in second grade, it's like preparing you for third grade and for college and then, you know, once you get to college, like preparing you for business. And then once you get to business, it's like you're kind of on this track where I think we get away from how do you learn, how do you like enjoy the moment? And I think there's this thing that I was, I watched a really good Ted talk. It was like, I think one of the top 20 Ted talks. And it talked about what is the optimal state that you're thinking in like Okay, so you've got the past, you've got the present, and you have the future. They've measured what the optimal states are. So like future, thinking about the positive is kind of like the wind at your back, thinking about like goals that so you have to have them in mind. Like you're going a certain direction. The present gives you energy unlike meeting new people, doing really cool things, focusing on your work. The past is like your foundation it's like your you know your family who you're talking to you know like your identity things that kind of hold you firm and what they were talking about is you have to have like an appropriate balance between this where you live your mind like if you're too future focused you're not gonna think about what's going on in front of you and you could miss something that's important you know your wife is having a conversation with you and she's frustrated about something, but you just like are thinking about something else and you miss it. You know, that will create some conflict. You live in the past. All you think about is like, Oh, in high school, we scored two touchdowns. You know, like you kind of live in this state that gets you out of reality. So it's like, how do you appropriately live in all of these, these states in your mind, your state in your mind. Um, And it's just a different way of thinking that I kind of liked thinking about how we can, how you can personally think about oh, what state do I live in and you know there's downsides of like okay somebody that's too present focused you get like some hedonism and you're just too focused on like oh I want to just enjoy life and you know tonight is the night and oh you only live once and so you just kind of get this mindset so it's like just kind of appropriately balancing that and I like that mindset of staying staying clear absolutely Absolutely. So, should we hit our segments of the the, the popular segments? Let's hit
1: the segments.
0: <laughs> you want me to go first with the clickbait of the week? Go for it. So, I read that eighty percent of Twitter is bots. So, I was pretty interested in that. Thinking about like the Twitter universe and social media. And it just got me thinking of like, how much of that is like a created thing that you, that are actually not people, you know, like that's, you're on Instagram and how many of those accounts are actually not people, you know, how many, like how many of that truly is. Cause creating a bot is not the most complicated thing in the world, <laughs> I think. So just a quick bit of weed that really got me going was I just went down a whole rabbit hole of information on bots and just, social media has become such a part of our life. It's like, Oh man, how much of this is real. (laughs) So that got me pretty, pretty hardcore.
1: That's awesome. Um, for me, uh, I came across uh, some conversation related to a study around testosterone administration producing a right-leaning shift in Democrats. Have you seen this yet?
0: Oh, no, I haven't. There was a study
1: by um, Claremont Graduate University's gentleman named uh, Paul Zak. They tested 136 healthy males during the 2011 U.S. presidential election, Um, and they Hmm. found that weekly affiliated Democrats had 19 percent higher basal testosterone than those who strongly identified with the party. And um Ooh. when weekly affiliated Democrats received additional testosterone, the strength of their party fell by twelve percent and they reported forty five percent warmer feelings toward Republican candidates. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, <my God. laughs> uh, so. oh it's just this is just science. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, uh, so take that with however you would like, but uh, that that caught my attention certainly. Something to noodle on. There. Something That's to noodle sure. on.
0: <laughs> oh man, definitely a quick there. Somebody really dialed that one. I up. Nailed it. Go for it. So do we want to move on to the lightning strikes?
1: Oh, um, I've got one other. I got one other clickbait of the week here, which is, um, did you hear the PayPal organization released a statement about withholding $2,500 of your account if you posted objectionable content?
0: No. Yes. So they're going to take your money. If they
1: don't agree with you
0: if they don't like what you're saying yeah
1: some would say perhaps i mean anyway but um then their wow. stock tumbled elon musk was like not a supporter of it and uh they walked it back and they were like oh no this was an error we weren't suppo- kidding <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> we're just kidding <laughs>
0: oh press send sorry wrong text <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh oh yeah i mean it, it was uh
0: sorry wrong group oh meant for someone else yeah. yeah wow oh my gosh oh that one failed
1: not the right idea um or i don't know i would i, I would love <laughs> to hear somebody trying to sell that because obviously somebody was trying to sell that it's not like that text just came out of nowhere right like
0: no this is this has been workshopped for a while. I think
1: that people are really going to support us standing up for what we believe in. Oh, boy. Uh, really? <laughs> uh, are you willing to put your job on the line? <laughs> because I hope they got fired. Because <laughs> <it's gonna> be. <laughs> yeah, you're. It cost us a billion dollars in stock, <laughs> so um, you're fired. Um, but it's it's things like these that I hope are just like wake up calls for organizations that are like, oh, it's actually bad business to have bad ideas. Uh, um, because I I think there's a disconnect today. For some reason, people are thinking bad ideas are like acceptable and uh, whatever. We'll let them yep. go out in the wash.
0: You want me to hit my last go one here? Um, so there was another study that is talking about they measured happiness amongst right-wing, left-wing, male, female. So we'll just, let's just go with the lowest. The least happy people were liberal women by a long shot. And It was like they basically measured your happiness and how you're doing. Which, again, another quick baity item that got me to click on it to see like what study is this? And there was a decent amount of people in the study. This isn't just like Fox News releasing it saying like (laughs) they're pissed. So yeah, it was. uh, You know,
1: you you'd never guess that from the general way that
0: social media works. There's just not a lot of frustration. I feel like Uh, no, I don't feel that at all. They're not mad. Nobody's mad about anything ever. People are doing good. There's, mm-hmm. Biden's
1: in office; everything should be solved, right?
0: I, I thought that was the yeah, key. I don't know. There are a lot of horns honking when I, we, that day. That's there for were, sure. and I, I,
1: I'll, I'll vote for the best candidate that I think. But uh, there's been a lot of there's yeah. been a lot of craziness on the left um, as of recent. There's there's been a lot of craziness in the right as always, it's just been more in plain sight. I think the craziness on the left is like now getting pretty out of control. Um, Cause I, I just, I gotta make the move. You asked me about what I was going to do for my stock portfolio. I'm about to call up my fidelity and just be like, you know what? Put me on the Pelosi plan. Just just do it. (laughs) Put me on the Pelosi plan because there is a, um, the, there was a law that was passed that was like the first to um, require Congress to submit their stock picks. And um, apparently there's a lot of people who don't even do that, but some do. And uh, so there's like Pelosi tracker portfolios that they literally just like auto adjust to whenever her husband makes a trade. And uh, the Nvidia stock after was the most recent one that got pushed up in the news because her husband bought like it was either two or five million dollars worth of nvidia stock and oh what do you know congress is shelling out a bunch of money to bring back semiconductor production to the united states and nvidia stock jumped like 13 percent like what do you expect
0: put put me on the
1: pelosi portfolio because that thing is going somewhere and so that that's my response for inflation but um that's only equities and i'm sure there's other inflation protect things that you know aren't as easily reported so anyway we're super right leaning today but uh that that's just what has happened in the media as of recent so let's hit the lightning strikes
0: okay so i have been on this i'd say this productivity journey of how do i optimize myself in terms of what i work on every single day what you know how i prioritize things how i spend my time and i think i went a little too far down the deep end i was like all right i'm going to i went to getting thing done getting thing done getting things done david allen route <clears throat> where you're just like throwing every single thing that comes at you into this sheet and then you okay now i'm i moved it all online and there's all these tools and now i'm like Screw it. I'm going back to the simple way of just writing things down on a piece of paper and crossing them off when I do them. And it has worked for me so much better. I've pretty much thrown out all the tools and I look at my task list and I just cross it off. And it has been extremely, it has like been a new game changer for me. Cause I'm just a, I love crossing things off because it feels really good. But I've found that just working outside of a digital system has allowed me really better. And I got this because we put on a a birthday party and I had all these things to do. And so we just wrote it all down. And my wife and I just like crossed things out and like th- throughout the week. And it just felt like really easy. And, you know, we just got stuff done. You could see like, Oh, this, is what we need to get done. And it just was really easy for us to work on it. So I think that's, that's currently the way i'm gonna go and that's been my new i'd call it productivity hack but man it's it's one of those like lightning strikes that you're just like man this makes a lot of sense i've been kind of trying to optimize things and i think there's a little bit of like oh man if i make this bow look perfect that just will make the task easier it's like no nah, just go after it and get it done and be done with it so that's kind of my my lightning strike of the week are you still using obsidian That is more about learning and like, how do I form a mental, a mental map? Like basically like, okay. Connecting ideas. I learned, I learned, yeah, you connect ideas and it's supposed to help you. It's supposed to be how your brain works. So that is staying around. It's just different avenue.
1: I was under the impression you were using it for business, but it doesn't sound like it.
0: No, that's more like, okay, I'm learning about meditation. How does that relate to? all these other things that i've been learning about you know i'm i'm if i want to learn about um like the civil war what is what are things can i how do you connect kind of ideas and it's supposed to help your learning
1: do you have like like an allotted time
0: that you do it each month or each week uh yeah i do so i try to do it during the weekend in the morning usually i try to wake up before the everybody wakes up in the house and just kind of get it out but i find myself just interested in it every once in a while and i'll update it on the fly uh but having a like a a routine does help it get done because otherwise it's pretty easy to forget
1: nice my lightning strike was um i took some time away from work um they call it paid time away so hopefully those checks do What's that in. yeah you don't know what that <laughs> is uh live and die by your own sword i've been in that situation myself um one time when i was on a I, I was on retainer uh i was i just asked my client i was like you know i'm gonna take a week away i can just cut my um my monthly check by a fourth or whatever and she was just like no nah, it's fine just bill your whole thing and i was like oh shit i'm i'm under I'm a cheap person. I'm, there's more money on the table. If they're not that concerned about it, I'm being, I'm being undervalued, but that's another story. So my lightning strike for this week though, was I was able to devote time into a side project and for whatever reason, just had like a spur of positive feedback and, um, it's just one of those small examples of how if you invest in something and you put your time and energy into it, you'll get dividends. And, um, sometimes they're going to be right in your face and obvious. And it's going to be one of those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember why I'm doing this. And the majority of the time you're probably going to feel like you're beating your head against the wall, trying to figure it out. But, um, until you reach a certain point, then I think there is a tipping point where it's like, where it's like, all right, I've dug enough of a hill and I've walked up it. It's time to start riding the downslope, and that's called a high growth company, which you and I are not in yet. But
0: negative ghost rider <laughs> <laughs> growth, but high growth. That's like you have people coming in so fast you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So. And-
1: Bill was talking, Bill Gates uh, was talking about uh, a high growth company once in another forum, and he was like talking about how, yeah, you know, this is just what we were doing, you know, 12 hours a day, six days a week, and they would just work on Saturday 12 hours like it was absolutely necessary in the high growth days of Microsoft, which People always talk about work in 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, but, um, to do it every day and it just to be a lifestyle is, is different, I think. So, um, that was an interesting one. That was my lightning strike. Um, I'll, um, basically is like, you know, enduring commitment. You'll get these flashes in the pan of, of, um, hope and the key is to, connect um preparation with opportunity that's when you get what people perceive as luck that's when things align and you take advantage mm. of an opportunity and um so i was given like a little bit of positive feedback from the kpis that matter to me and um it was just reassuring so um good to hear you. man that's yeah. awesome so um, it one. is so I'll hit the chicken soup. Um, the same day I was having some difficult conversations because my wife was like, you're taking PTO from work, but you're not working any less. You're just, and I was just like, yeah, but I'm working on different things, which is what I want to do. (laughs) And
0: this is, this is, this is vacation. vacation. I'm not
1: doing shit. I don't want to do. Um, and, uh, so we had a conversation about that and my levels of stress, which have not been ideal. And, um, she started talking and she said a, we started talking about purpose and, you know, she was, she was like, you know, I don't want to work all the time. Like you, that's not what my purpose is. And I was trying to reassure her that I was like, I don't expect that of you or even want that for you unless you want that. And she said, this comment offhanded which was she's just pointed to the bedroom and was like my purpose is laying in that crib and um it was just a really attractive statement to be made because i think that the messaging to women today is extraordinarily confusing from my perspective you can raise kids you can be a boss bitch in the office you can go out and party with your friends you can do all these things you can do everything in the world but you can't and and you should all and you should be doing them all and you should be beautiful and have a perfect body and a perfect face and you know your kid should be perfect and you should go to brunch and like holy shit that's a lot um Mm -hmm. guys it's pretty simple either you have a great body or you're rich
0: <laughs> I mean
1: it's that's it like think about it
0: yeah I think the male role it it has a little more clarity it's pretty cut it. and dry it really are does. you a
1: male model do you have do you are, do you have 6% body fat because then people are gonna wanna you know you're gonna get laid you're gonna have sex and
0: uh, if you don't you better have money you <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to have some type of value. You got to have value. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the tough thing. And I th- one of the things that I've noticed too is I think a lot of what women are kind of going after is they're trying to take, not take, but they're looking at some of the men's responsibilities and saying like, well, we can do all of that too. You know, like make money. I think we, you know, we do look at money a little bit in our culture is like this is a barometer of how important you are or how valuable you Without are doubt. as a person and i think women are really struggling with that as a measure because you don't make money when you've got great kids that love you you know it's a lot that harder turnaround. that takes time it's that a lot takes time
1: and you know it also takes time running a business and oftentimes those things are not it's pretty tough to do at the same time unless you're running a business where you're where you're producing content about being a mom and raising your kids or like live streaming you know i don't
0: know But well usually those ones too though those aren't the best moms like everybody jokes about it's like Yeah. usually the moms that are out there telling everyone what to do aren't like the best or the people that are writing books about parenting have well you know, you look at their kids and you're like, Oh yeah.
1: I I know. (laughs) Writing books after you've had, well, who knows? But anyway, what I, she said this statement about like my purpose in life is sitting in that crib and it's, that was one of the reasons I was initially attracted to her is because I saw that. And, um, it was just a reaffirming moment in my mind and a moment of clarity for both of us and something I really want to support in her. And, um, So I was just really grateful that she was comfortable even saying that, because I think that statement is controversial today. It's not controversial in our house, but it is controversial outside. So um,
0: totally is good for her. Yeah. And I think, I think um, that's great. Uh, I I do feel what what were you talking about of like her having to be like this all awesome all-American woman doing everything. That is definitely a pressure that I think a lot of other women are feeling too. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's exhausting and hearing about it's tough. So it's tough.
1: So what about your chicken that's, soup?
0: That's cool. My chicken soup is a moment. <clears throat> so I was outside roasting coffee the other day. It was nice enough. I was sitting there and my little guy was sitting at the table, eating, just living the dream. He was putting food in his mouth and he didn't know that I was outside. So I put my head like up against the window and knocked on the window a couple times. And he just lit up and was just like, Hey, you know, like you could just see the moment of him like turn And he was just like, you're outside. That's cool. Like it just, his reaction to me was just, it was one of those moments where you just like lose everything that you're Mm -hmm. doing and you just think about what's going on. And it was just like a very cool moment. Just the like light bulb Mm -hmm. that he is to see that just light up. It's just really, it's really cool. It was fun. He's so excited to put the
1: pieces together and you just watch it happen. And then him to be excited. It's just a beautiful thing
0: it's just beautiful and it's just like you know you just don't get those moments anywhere and like it's it's it was pretty cool and then I, you know i've been able to drink that one down for the last like week because you just think about it and it's like oh it gives you a big smile on your face and you go tickle him a little bit and he laughs and it's just mm-hmm. fun so that, that was a good moment yeah
1: the first thing everybody always says when you're a parent is like oh you're losing sleep it's like yeah I am, but I can, without a doubt, say that I've never smiled this much in my entire
0: life. (laughs) Oh, for sure.
1: Trade sleep for smiles, and it's not that bad.
0: Well, it's like somebody told me, you know, you're going to wake up exhausted, but you're going to be excited to see them. You know, you're going to like walk into the room and be like, they're going to do something. And even if they're crying, you just like, there's a moment that you have with them that just, you don't get. Um, So I think being a parent is definitely cool. It's definitely, definitely something that adds a lot to life, which I, it's a lot of work and it's very rewarding.
1: Excellent. Well, that's all. That's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus room.